Well, show, you know when you're a kid and you go to someone's birthday party and you're on the way out the door and, and you might get like a gift bag. They give you, you know, some snacks sure. or maybe a T-shirt. I was at Ryan's birthday party. Okay. I feel like there's a policy now where a pitcher, he goes and faces the Blue Jays and then someone from the organization hands him a Cy Young Award <laughs> at the end of the night. Congratulations. <laughs> you're the best pitcher in baseball. It doesn't matter what you did before or what you're going to do after, but on this very night, you're untouchable, and all your pitches are located perfectly. Kyle, Kyle Gibson probably is is, is salivating at the, at the 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 hearing that from you, Ben. Yeah, I mean, it it, it almost wonders why Jack Flaherty never even made a start a couple <laughs> days true, ago. He could have got his hands on some hardware too. But it, it is a, another really frustrating loss for the Blue Jays with a lack of offense. They fall five to two to the Cleveland Guardians to open up what is supposed to be the lightest stretch of the season. This is Blue Jays talk. I'm Ben Shulman. He is Show Ali. Make sure that. Uh, we hear from you, although you guys already are, are making that quite clear. The text oh, line oh, yeah. uh, is just being lit up right now, 590-590 to text us there. But, show. I mean, where do you even want to start? Like, truthfully, I because the one thing that I think almost boggles my brain more than usual mm -hmm. is for a lot of this season, at least in my opinion, the Blue Jays have been a letdown offensively, and a lot of it has fallen on – a lack of production from the guys hitting f four and five tonight. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and George Springer having huge down years. They both homer tonight, and the Blue Jays score two runs and lose five to two. Yeah, it's it's such a weird it's a weird place to be, right? Like if you had asked me based on this one game, which team coming into tonight was twelve games above five hundred and which team was eight games below five hundred, I'm not sure I'd have been able to confidently tell you which team the Jays are, but you're right. I mean, even with the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home run, even with the George Springer home run as well, like nothing tonight we've seen was all that new, right? Like you've heard me say before, on one hand, no one game is ever or should really ever be a referendum on the whole season. But on the other hand, games can be microcosms of the season as a whole. And yeah, like we're, like we're not going to reinvent the wheel with, with anything that Blair and Parker have said, or that you and I have said over the course of the entire season. It's just like tonight, the other team had some timely hits. The Jays, by and large, did not. And a 5-2 like loss to the Blue Jays to start off the homestand against a whole whack of teams that are under 500, including the Guardians, even after a win today. The, the Guardians coming into today... Their playoff odds, Ben, sat at around, I want to say on the on fan graphs, it sat at around 4.6%. It's just, I don't know, that's just not good enough, especially after we heard from multiple people on the Baltimore road trip. Gosman said it. Schneider had uh, dropped some some profanity in the postgame yesterday, like people talking about urgency and the, the need for things to happen, not like in, not tomorrow and not, not the next tomorrow and the next tomorrow, right? It's, it has to happen now. And I'm not sure we got a lot of urgency tonight. Yeah, I, I kind of look sometimes at urgency like I do at players-only meetings. You know, I, I think that they sound good but mean bad. Right, Like, right. it's not – or it's it's not a good sign. They don't mean poorly. But I, I think it's not a great sign when you talk about urgency rather than go out and play the baseball you need to play or when your players think they need to meet together to discuss probably urgency. Uh, and the Blue Jays have had some urgency talks and some players-only meeting talks. 
But you know what? They haven't talked to some of the people who want to call into us now. So let's go to the phone line for the first time. 416-870-0590. Star 590. 1-888-666-0590. Or you can text us at 590-590. Justin Imberry has called in, and he thinks that he has a fix for okay. the Blue Jays. Right. Justin, how are you doing? What's going on? I'm good, Ben. How are you doing? Hey, Shaw, how are you doing? Good, good. Doing man. What's great. up? Okay, so... Two options here. The amount of free agents we have is kind of a positive. So like I said, there's two options. Take a run at Otani. If that doesn't work, we blow it up. And I mean, like, this team blows it up. Like, I'm talking a Guerrero Kikuchi trade for Henderson. I'm talking trade Bassett. I'm talking trade Gosman. The amount of times that I'm watching this game or listening to this game, and I hear, a, like, when I went, when Ben, when, when ben giving the call, and I'm hearing, like, balls go by first, goals ball, balls go by second. Balls are not being tracked down in the outfield. It's just so depressing to watch and to listen that I can't imagine how the players on this team are feeling. The amount of times that I'm hearing strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Like, this team just doesn't have it. Like, this team's sort of reminding me of the San Diego Padres right now, where they should be, like, 25, 30, 45 games above 500, and they're just not at all. So I think that the best option is to reopen this window for the Blue Jays, considering that everybody thinks the window's only another two or three years. They need to reopen it, blow it up, bring up their prospects, and see what can happen. Because right now, they have one good player, and that's Bo Bichette. And, I, and, and, and if I'm Bo Bichette, and Blue Jays offer me like a 10-year extension, I'm saying no, because why would I want to be here? This team has shown nothing, and it's miserable to be here. So that's I, what I, I think, think uh, Yeah, hey, Justin, appreciate the call. I, I would say, at least to the last bit, Ben, on, uh, on Justin's suggestion about why would Bo want to be here, I'm going to say of 400 million reasons is probably why Bo would want to be in Toronto. And, and just the modern structure of North American sports. You can sign a contract, and, and I'm not saying Bo would do this. Yeah. Ask for a trade like a year later. Sure. All, <laughs> it's really it happens possible, so days, who yeah. even knows? You yeah. can sign a contract at a place uh, that you don't want to be. On the note of going after Otani, I mean, I – I truthfully, it's no offense to Justin or the other people who want him here. I truthfully think there's almost no chance. Like, like legitimately, I already, and I, I hate to bring this back up because it already upset a lot of my close relatives, <laughs> okay. but All I've right. already said that if the Blue Jays traded for Otani, that I would tattoo his face on my body. <laughs> Because I just didn't think there was any chance. And uh-huh. I'll extend that offer right, wow. for if they sign Otani. Wow. In this window, if they sign like a 38-year-old Otani in 10 years, I'm not getting a tattoo on my body. But, uh, yeah, I I think that... Now I really want the Blue Jays to sign him. If I didn't already, now I really want it. Just like Shohei's face on my (laughs) left rib or something, that would be be kind of fun. But there is, you know, I, I think there was one big point there that Justin made that I want to focus on, which is the amount of free agents they have. And and. Personally, I'm not sure that I totally agree with blowing it up. I don't like rebuilding in baseball. I I think that almost every time, like I know the Orioles are in this division, but I I think almost every time the teams rebuild, they get trapped in it for way too long. And the Orioles are one of those teams who were terrible for a long time. The Detroit Tigers are still doing it. Like they're terrible. They haven't made the playoffs since 2016. The Kansas City Royals haven't made the playoffs since they won the world series in 2015 they started to tear down in like 2018 i I just think it it falls more in line with the sport like football rather than basketball where you have to just continue to acquire players that doesn't mean you're not going to trade people away for prospects sometimes but the wholesale let's get rid of everything everything must go at least i'm 
very hesitant to do things like that because you might end up giving up pieces. Like Justin acknowledges Bo Bichette's very good. You're going to trade away Bo Bichette when you have two more years of him and the potential to re-sign him. Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios, guys yeah. that are locked up in big contracts right now that will hurt your ability to get prospects too because of how much money that they are owed. I, I just I, I don't think that a lot of those guys are going away, but there are opportunities, I think, left open by the amount of money coming off the books next year. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Justin's point about the amount of free agents that are, are going to be up for renewal, let's call it, next year is is a is a totally valid one because all of I, I actually think just based on like just based on most like some most guys get at least one free agent back. Most teams get at least one guy back. I, I feel like that guy will likely be Whit Merrifield. You you don't actually really know, but if all of Merrifield, Belt, uh Kiermeyer, Ryu, if they were all off this roster next year, I wouldn't be that surprised, and I don't think a lot of people would be either. And that's a lot of money. Chapman certainly as well was the other one I was thinking of. Those are those are a lot of money that's going to be paid to those guys collectively, whether it's by the Blue Jays or by a, ver- a variety of other organizations. But it's true to your point about blowing things up and rebuilding it, like Justin was saying. I mean, the Orioles won. Well, let's put it the other way. The Orioles lost over 100 games in 2018. 2019, 2020 was a 60-game season. They were below 500 in that season. Surprise, surprise. 2021, they lost 110 games as well. And they absolutely did the right thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, they hit, they basically hit on, it feels like, every single one of their prospects who has come up and played for them. And they still have the Jackson Holidays of the world and the DL Halls of the world that are that are probably going to make impactful plays for them in the not-too-distant future. But you, you mentioned the sport of football. I don't know, like the baseball, it's such a crapshoot with prospects. Like you could, in theory, have the number one pick, and now there's a draft lottery to add to boot, right? Like for the top for the top picks, so you could have the number one pick every year for the next like three years, and there's still probably a decent chance that that guy doesn't pan out. Like I know this has very little to do with the Blue Jays at this point, but I mean, look at Steven Strasburg. That guy was viewed as one of the best, maybe was going to be the one of the best pitchers on like a Hall of Fame trajectory. And uh, in, his, in his very first game, Cade, what, 14 guys? And look at Steven Strasburg, right? Like, the guy, through no fault of his own, had injury issues. But my, my only point is, it's such a crapshoot with prospects. You just don't really know what you're going to get. Yes, you could absolutely get an Adley Rutschman, or you could not, also very easily. Yeah, and I mean, there is a good handful of that Orioles roster, too. And we'll stop talking about the Orioles in a second, but just on the philosophy of blowing it up, which I think has really caught on because of what people have seen with the Orioles. Yes, there are the Rutschmans, like you mentioned, but there are the Anthony Santander exposed to the Rule 5 draft, which means not called up in time by this Cleveland Guardians organization and picked up essentially for free by the Baltimore Orioles. Felix Bautista released by the Miami Marlins. Like, there's, there's Cano, lo- no one knew who Yenye Cano was before no. this season. CNL Perez, their best lefty, yeah. picked him up off know. waivers. Austin Voth traded for him after he was DFA'd. So it, it's really tough, and I'm, I'm just not huge on blowing it up in general. But, again, we really want to hear from you. Again, appreciate the call from Justin. And uh, there's a, a lot going on on the text line show. I, I actually don't know if I can totally keep up with just the pure, <laughs> just anarchy. Can I can I pick a couple? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I, I do I do like a lot of these because there there are a lot of valid questions on for the text sure. line, right? Like there's I mean, and just some comments, right? So and again, leave your name and location if you do text us, so we can give you a shout out. Uh, there is one here, uh, Jer from Cambridge. 
Jay's painful to watch at this point. Pain and more pain <laughs> nightly. I don't mean to laugh. It's just the way it was written. Kind of, kind of, kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Aurora. Uh, he had texted like me earlier in the week because I, I joked after the Jays had gotten that big win. I think on, it was on a Sunday, and I had joked that like just one. I think it was the the game where the Reds, uh, the the Blue Jays, hit the five home runs against the Reds, and I think I had joked that. Uh, much like the Godfather 3, like just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Vince, I remember, had texted in to say, like, I was out and I'm back in. Uh, Vince says, show, I told you last week I was in. I changed my mind. I'm out. Which, uh, you know what? Uh, absolutely fair. There's, there's actually one here um, from Tegan in Honey Harbor, Ontario. Do you think Chris Bassett's role in the playoffs will be minimal if he doesn't turn things around and then in brackets if they make the playoffs, which frankly is, a, is also a valid question yeah and i think that's a good segue for us into just a, in general chris bassett's night tonight i, I want to get to tegan's question but just just in general i mean what, what do you think of the night from bassett it, it really you know started fine he retires the first seven batters he sees should be reminded that this is a bottom three offense at all of baseball and then uh he gives up a bow nailer home run which I mean, I am often wrong, but I have to say I, I did kind of call that one to you before you the did. game. You did. Uh, <laughs> and then gives up a Ramon Laureano homer. Like, these are two pretty struggling hitters. Looked like he was bouncing back. Surrenders another run uh, in the sixth inning. I mean, it it wasn't absolutely terrible, but I don't know if, if it was awesome for the Blue Jays to go against a team that barely manages to score four runs a game and give up four runs in fewer than six innings. Yeah, well, I mean, the first, uh, well, not the first, but the four-game series at Progressive Field, what, about a month ago or so, uh, Ramon Laureano did play the villain in that one nothing loss, and then tonight he had, what, three of the five runs for uh, the uh, the Guardians tonight. Yeah, Bassett's final line, five and two-thirds, seven hits, four runs, all of which were earned, five Ks, one walk, and, yeah, the two home runs on 100 pitches, Naylor and Laureano. And you know what's interesting? The last time out, Bassett was against the Reds, and Bassett gave up three runs, two of which were earned, and he actually gave up a home run to Friedel in that game. It was, I think it was to lead off the, the fourth inning, and uh, he gave it up off the sinker, and Bo Naylor clubbed his home run today also off the sinker. And, and look, generally speaking, Bassett just throws a lot of sinkers. Like just in gen- Generally, he throws a lot of sinkers in general, um, Against the Reds, he threw it 49% of the time, and tonight he threw it 35% of the time. I think he threw the cutter around 20% as well. Laureano hit his home run off a 91-mile-an-hour fastball. I don't know. He didn't locate it. Uh, Bassett didn't locate the fastball like particularly well. Like, kind of if you're looking at the strike zone in the upper third of the strike zone. And I don't know. Like I Sometimes it feels like Bassett can grind through starts and kind of get by. But tonight... Even if he did, quote-unquote, only give up four runs, it did kind of feel like – I feel like I'd be overselling it to say that he was okay. It was kind of below average. Yeah, like I, I just thought he wasn't very nasty, frankly, right. tonight. I, I, You know, he ended up getting, I think, a dozen swings and misses, and he ended up striking out five guys like you mentioned, but there was a, a lot of foul balls, a lot of good contact in play. I mean, even some hard outs coming off of Chris Bassett. And, and to Tegan's question – I think it's been trending in this way for a little bit. Interested to hear what you think. But I I think, let's say, in some weird world where we're configuring everything, the playoffs start today and the Blue Jays are somehow in that picture despite not being in the picture right now. I don't think that Chris Bassett is starting one of the three wildcard games. I think that that Yusei Kikuchi probably is. uh, And I wonder if you feel the same about that. 
Yeah, probably. If it's a three-game series and the Blue Jays are in a playoff position, it probably is Gosman, Barrios, Kikuchi. I actually think I had this conversation with some of our colleagues and the idea that if in a wild-card series, and again, I know some people are going to hear this conversation and think, don't get too far ahead of yourselves because the Blue Jays are not in a playoff position right now. But just to answer Tegan's yeah. question, yeah. In, a, in, such a, in such a realm, yeah, look, Bassett probably doesn't get a start at this point, right? Like, and again, things could, in theory, turn between now and the end of the season, I, I would think, because it could turn in different ways for all of Kikuchi, Barrios, and certainly Bassett as well. But like, if, if, you, if you think you're for sure starting Kevin Gosman in Game 1 and the Blue Jays' lack of run support for Gosman in, in, in any of his starts this year concerns me to the point where like, I, you, you think about it in the back of your mind. even but if you who's are, getting that much run support Exactly, yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're certainly like... <laughs> in the playoffs. You're starting your best pitcher, yeah. and that's Kevin Gosman. But if you were to lose Game One, I think you put up Burrios out there. And if you win Game One, I think you go with Kikuchi. Interesting. But uh, but either way, it's the three of those guys, and then Bassett probably doesn't get a start in a wild card series. Yeah, and maybe not in a divisional series right. too. It depends on how you'd want to line it up. Um, I I do think the one the one thing for me. So I feel like it might just be Gosman Burrios one two no matter what. Okay, all right. The only thing I think currently, and like you said, things could change. There's still five weeks left in the season, is Chris Bassett. He had it again today with the home run allowed to Bo Naylor, with the double allowed to Jose Ramirez, the single to Stephen Kwan, all in one inning. He has really struggled against lefties. Yeah. Yusei Kikuchi, on the other hand, has been much more effective against lefties than righties. Chris Bassett has been incredibly effective against righties. So if, if you were playing a team where you felt like there were a lot of good lefties – like the Baltimore Orioles, let's say, or, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays tend to have a couple guys from that side or switch hitters that can do it. I, I think that could be, you know, a, a spot where you're going to put Kikuchi. If you found a team that was really right-handed dependent, maybe there's an argument for Bassett, but at the same time, I, I'm still leaning, I think, in your direction to that, at least as of right now, and they're not even in a playoff spot, yep. but as of right now, uh, that the Blue Jays would lean on Yusei Kikuchi. Let's go back to the phone lines for a second here. 416-870-0590, star 590, 590 or 590-590 on the text line. Austin in Zurich, Ontario, uh, here to talk about a tough Jays loss. Austin, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey Austin, we have you. Sorry, we were getting uh, some some loud yells. I think from uh, <laughs> from down in the ballpark. I uh, apologize honest, for the profanity if that came through the air. But, honest uh, to God, I thought that was Austin. I uh, honestly, I, I thought that I was like, wow, Austin, you're just a dude. <laughs> okay, just, Austin, what's on? Austin, what's going what's on? on your mind? Great guys. Um, um, yeah, like um, you you said there is. Six weeks left of the season. I am not worried yet. There's still a lot of baseball left, but but you um think of this is Johnny Kerberts um Bassett in Game One is a good move. Thank you so much for the call, Austin. So I I mean I think for the Blue Jays right now. They're going to go with the guy lined up, you know, as, you know, Chris Bassett going in this game in game one of the series, as tough as uh, the night went for him. It, it is worth noting, you know, I don't think the, ser- the season as a whole for Bassett has been remarkably impressive. 
Uh, it's certainly a step back from his production last year. He He's not having a terrible season, though. Like, he's certainly given the Blue Jays more than enough chances to win. I'm not a huge believer in this, but he has the, the most wins on the Blue Jays mm-hmm. so far this season. But, uh, you know, Austin mentioning there, still plenty of time, which, uh, you know, is the thing that will definitely get people kind of screaming through the radio at us, but I do agree. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's that the trends – at a minimum, are just kind of staying the same right now for the Blue Jays. Like, it's – they were compared earlier to the San Diego Padres. I I really, you know, don't know if those are in the same boat. Like, the Padres are six, seven games below five hundred at this point. Yeah, the Padres are having, like, a really bad year. They are, yeah. They are, like, not even in the race. Like, they sh- probably should have sold uh, and ended up buying G-Man Choi and Rich Hill and only playing even worse. But um, the Blue Jays – you know, three wins in a row when they beat Cincinnati twice in the win over the Orioles, three losses in a row. It, it feels like there isn't that much upward moment, momentum or it's like so tiny. Like they'll go like a game or two above 500 over a two-week stretch, which, I mean, frankly, isn't enough to catch some of the teams they're playing against right now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's they're they're undoubtedly not playing as well as they they should be, or we think they they should be, uh, based on the 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 names on this roster. But uh, it, it is true the uh, the team it often feels like positive momentum is very very difficult for the team to come by, no matter who's on the mound. And and again, Bassett did not have the greatest of starts today, but boy he uh it, like he the, the pitchers all have to consistently whether it's a starter or a reliever consistently have to walk the tightrope all the time because the offense has not consistently come through and and sometimes yeah your starter is going to get hit a little bit and you need to be able to pick that guy up and they just haven't been able to do that offensively which at least for me, is a source of a lot of my frustrations because then and then you go see a guy like Ramon Laureano, who the Guardians picked up off of waivers after he was DFA'd, go in and torture you for a game, and you kind of think to yourself, boy, like this guy has been playing for the Guardians for like what, like six weeks or something, and he's he's already doing more than some of the batters in this entire Blue Jays lineup, which I think for me is a source of frustration. Also, we're told by our producer Armin that uh, the. Uh, the our, our our friends just below the radio booth here at the Rogers Center, uh, did they they they're they're uh, fun but slightly profane uh, cheers did not make it to the air. So that's probably all. We, good. That's for, probably for probably the best. Good. Even though a, we do, they said a four letter word that starts with S that we don't want. <laughs> you know, over the, the CRTC air. does not care for those uh, particular. But chants. they said it in a nice. But way. they were nice about it. This, <laughs> is, know, this they, is very true. Yeah, they said it in a nice. way. You know, Ben, I see I see a lot of text about Matt so Chapman here. Yeah, a lot of Matt Chapman. A lot of text. Well, I will say so. Uh, looking at the track of the game, and I do want to get to all these Chapman texts. It's like Vladdy text, Vladdy text, Vladdy text. It's 947, and Vladdy just homered. Chapman checks, Chapman, Chapman checks, checks, Chapman checks. And, and uh, I, I, there was an interesting one. Let me find it here. It was about um, the two-strike approach. This one from Mike and Victoria. Okay. Uh, time for Chapman to take a two-strike approach. I've never seen anyone miss as many balls that are, uh, that are strikes for strike three while swinging out of his shoes. Uh, and I do, you know, he goes on here, and, and he said he's going to wait for the Blue Jays to win at least two in a row before he comes back. Okay. Uh, and he said he's going to go salmon fishing oh. tomorrow during the game, right. which, I mean, you can bring the radio out on the boat. boat. You know, if he needs to take a break, it's fine. I get but, it. Uh, I, that does sound kind of fun. Uh, but Matt Chapman ends up doubling today. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. thrown out at the plate, so I don't think that that 
particular play is going to leave a positive taste in many people's uh, you know, minds. And then other than that, he strikes out three times. He, he's been going through it and, I mean, has had few stretches, a, a couple brief stretches since the opening month of the season where he's had some consistent offense. But it, it's been few and far between. And I think frustration for people is boiling over at this point. Uh, even some people, you know, texting in and, and suggesting, you know, is there – time to try and get guys like Biggio in at third base a little bit or or maybe find a way to get Davis Schneider into the lineup more. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen yet, but uh, the Blue Jays do seriously need to get more consistent production, I think, from, from Chapman among others. Yeah, it, it does somewhat feel as though Chapman's I, – I don't want to say days are numbered because he's going to get like DFA'd by any means, but it does feel as though – he is, and and this was that might this might have always been the case. I don't think this necessarily because of today's game or because of the last three weeks or whatever, however you want to measure it by. But it does somewhat feel, at least to me, Ben, that Chapman is just at the end of the day. There's another team out there that's going to hand him a bazillion dollars, and he's going to go play for that team. Maybe it's the Angels, maybe it's the Dodgers. He is from uh, Victorville, California, which I think is a couple hours away from uh, Chavez Ravine. So yeah, it's like Anaheim area, but right. I I don't think that the uh, Angels can spend on another third base. Yeah, pro- probably not. Probably not. <laughs> maybe but, but, they but maybe the Braves do it. Maybe the Yankees do it. I was a, uh, a text here from Andy in Sherwood Park yeah. in Alberta. I, I pray to my God the Yankees sign, sign Chapman. But you don't say things like that Andy because then guys sign for the Yankees and they, and have they play well yeah, <laughs> yeah you know yeah. like this has happened too many times but I, there are a lot of texts about it like Craig and Saskatoon take Chapman out of the lineup for a game or two see if they can get some production for someone else he's a dud Justin and Halifax Chapman run, Chapman's runs saved aren't worth the horrible bat and inability to score runners uh, and then yeah uh, Brandon disappointedly leaving the ballpark I'm done with Chapman this is what you were talking about get uh, David Schneider Kevin Biggio in the rest of the year can't hit it all, isn't making Chapman-level plays anymore. Average defense below average hitting, try something different. It's just, uh, we, we did get a taste when he pinched the middle finger with the dumbbell. We got a taste of what defense will look like, and it's not as though he's been a Blue Jay for that long, but what uh, the defense would look like in a post-Matt Chapman world. Hey, it, it ain't great. It, it ain't always great, I would say, right? So, again, I, I, sometimes I think, be careful what you wish for. Having said that, I do agree with a lot of the takes that the offensive production has been supremely lacking, and I just, you hope, at this point, you kind of just hope he turns it around, like you hope everyone else turns it around, but I think the consequence of it will end up being that he just signs for another team in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's more than likely the case. I Yeah, like you, I, I focus more on the offense. I don't think that he's been an average defender this year. I mean, I, I think he even displayed that a couple times today, but uh, you know, when Justin called in from Barry earlier in the mm. show and he brought up some of the money coming off, there is going to be an opportunity coming up for the Blue Jays here at third base. Like he is, you had said, he, Matt Chapman is almost certainly gone. I feel almost as confident about that as I do that Shohei Otani is not going to be wearing a sure. Blue Jays uniform. Not enough to put a tattoo on me, but pretty close, essentially. And so you're going to have options here. Uh, you know, David Schneider has played a little third base. I, I don't want to overstate, you know, uh, a, a handful of reps at third base at the AAA level. Arelvis Martinez has played third base in addition to short. Interestingly enough, and not something we'll probably get into today because it's not worth it, he's played a, a lot of second recently, mm, okay. too. Uh, what does that mean for September or next year? Who knows? And then Addison Barger is heating up a little bit more. Like I, I do think that that those three guys have a good chance to cover third base for the Blue Jays next season and do very well. I'm just not so sure that at this point this year, 
they're going to do anything at third because, like you said, we saw that week. There were errors committed at third. Uh, you know, I, I've been a proponent of Kevin Biggio for a lot of the season. I, I'm still not sure over consistent at-bats he's going to give you less strikeouts right. and that much more offensive production than Matt Chapman is going to. So I, I think for, you know, at least the remaining, whatever, 36 37 games it is, I, I would expect him to play 35 of them at least at third base. I, I see a couple of texts here as well. Uh, something we've talked about before, but uh, Kevin in Wasega Beach, is Ross Atkins' job in jeopardy? I did want to get to that. Yeah, and there's another one uh, somewhat similar. There were Actually, there were a couple like this, right? But Matt from Mississauga, if the Jays don't make the playoffs, is there a better than 50-50 chance Atkins gets fired? Not getting a bat in the deadline was a big mistake. And then Alex in St. John, New Brunswick, at what point does ownership look at investments in renovation salary and say this ain't working and get rid of Atkins and hitting staff, perhaps even Mark Shapiro? And, you know, that, those are the kinds of questions that I think are going to be asked if the Blue Jays continue to underperform between now and the end of the playoff, end of the, pardon me, the regular season, if they don't, especially if they don't make the playoffs or if they do make the playoffs and then get hammered in a wild card series against whoever, right? But of course, they have to get to that point first. So you don't want to put the cart before the horse too much there. But, uh, it's a, like it's it's a good question because I said this to you many times that I really do feel like for for lesser teams, general managers and managers and front office staff and so on, they they get fired and have gotten fired for less. And sometimes after a period of time, you just need a you need a change. Sometimes that just happens. You can look no further than. And it happened for different reasons, but if we're, if we're just focusing on this city, you can look no further than the team just down the street in the Toronto Maple Leafs that did kind of the same thing despite having some more su- success than not used to this year than, than in years past. And I, I don't want to draw too many parallels between the Leafs and the Blue Jays necessarily, but I only bring it up because it's another team in this city that made a GM change. I, I really do think if, the, if they miss the playoffs, I would be surprised because of all the renovations. I genuinely would be, genuinely would be surprised if Mark Shapiro got let go because I think he seems to be – he does more than just manage the on-field product, President right? is a more yeah. business-like role yeah. so, than general manager. But general manager, I don't know. Like, there's, I think there's a decent chance that if, if they miss the playoffs that maybe there, there should be a change. Do you think it's more than 50-50, like the question asked? Like, would you say if they miss the playoffs, you would – think it's better than the flip of a coin that yes. they would have a new You know what? Game. Yes. I'm going to lean no, but not saying that it's like he's locked in for a while. Right. What what I look at is uh next season is the final season of Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s first contract mm, with the right. Toronto Blue Jays when okay. he when he finishes up his arbitration and hits free agency, and I do think that to them provided there's no extension coming up and it'd be really interesting to see what a discussion like that would even be like right now. Uh but I think that's a big like timestamp where you can move in other directions because I think you either kind of need to know like are you going to spend a lot of money and is this guy going to be one of the centerpieces of your team going forward or not. And I, so I think for at least the beginning of next season, right. You know, if things were going really poorly next season, who knows? But I feel like they at least will have next season an opportunity, uh, and especially, I agree with you, I think Shapiro's pretty locked in, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's all speculation from us. But I I would lean that at least the kind of primary contract of Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s career gets played out. And then, uh, you know, who well, knows I, after that? I do genuinely wonder what the presence of someone like James Click, who 
had at least a little bit to do with uh, b- building a, a World Series champion for the Houston Astros post uh, post garbage cans, right? So I, I I do think having him as a part of the organization, and I know he I, I think his title is something like it, it might it might simply just be like consultant or sp- special assistant or something like that when it comes to uh, his 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 role within the front office, but. Knowing that you do have someone like that, I, I do genuinely wonder if that makes it easier to. And again, I'm not necessarily advocating for it, but I'd almost like if if, if there was a change, and I'd, I'd personally rather it happen in the off season than in the middle of the season, because a general manager's imprint kind of has to happen before the season begins, and it, it just makes that guy the next guy's job more difficult if he comes in like two months into the next season, for example. Yeah, you want that change to happen like October 2nd. Right, That's October sure. 1st is the last day right. of the regular season. So I, I, who knows? There's still a lot to be played. Uh, but it, it, it will be interesting if this team continues to fall short of expectations. We are going to take a quick break here on Jay's Talk. We still have a lot more coming up when we come back, though. We will get to your calls and texts. We'll take a look at what happened around Major League Baseball. Fortunately and unfortunately, a lot of help for the Blue Jays that they did not capitalize on today. He's Show Ali. I'm Ben Shulman. We'll be back in a moment. This is Blue Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Blue Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm Ben Shulman. He's Show Ali. Just a little bit more time to go on the show, taking you to until about 10.45 p.m. Eastern. And we will get back to the phone line in just a second. But before we do that, let's take a look at the Bet365 Major League Standings Watch. Download the Bet365 app and check out the latest thoughts for today's baseball games. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only Baltimore Orioles with a win but kind of a moral loss in a way they end up beating the Colorado Rockies five to four although their all-star closer Felix Bautista leaves the game with two outs and two strikes one pitch away from that game ending Bautista had to leave with what was described as an apparent arm injury Uh, so we'll see what happens there with Bautista hope he's okay Tampa Bay Rays ended up winning or pardon me losing today to the new york yankees uh the blue jays of course lost to the cleveland guardians and then the boston red sox looked at that one a moment ago and it's gone final so yeah that's a los angeles dodgers win over the boston red sox in the huge return of kike hernandez to fenway park everyone uh, excited for he did actually have a big hit he in did the sixth, i did see that uh, but a standing ovation for mookie Betts in that game well deserved for the world series champion and mvp so with all those results here how the standings line up the baltimore orioles are 80 and 48 my goodness uh the tampa bay rays 78 and 52 three games back the blue jays 10 and a half games back now at 70 and 59 the boston red sox 68 and 61, 12 and a half back. The New York Yankees, 62 and 66, 18 games back. Uh, and, and we haven't been on Jay's talk together in a little bit, and we have a caller to get to, so I don't want to spend too long on it. But I, I think now, if it, if it didn't happen already, the uh, race for the, the AL East title, gone, kind of, for the Blue Jays? Mm, probably. Like, I would, I would, 10 and a half games so. in five weeks? Yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably not what, not what you want, obviously, but... Uh, also a number that is very difficult to overcome unless you win like probably I would say almost every game between now and the end of the season. And hey, don't look now. The uh, Rangers got crushed by the Twins today. And right now the the Mariners are actually up 
on the uh, Royals early on. So still some game to go in in uh, Seattle. But uh, if the I think if the Mariners win, they'll be tied with the Rangers for first place in the American League West. Which means the next time we do the the AL uh, Wild Card Race update, you could actually not no longer be talking about the Mariners. You might be talking about the Rangers, who I think have spent like a hundred plus days atop the AL West this year. Not to mention that the Astros and the Rangers bought at the deadline, and the Mariners traded their closer away, what? and then wild stuff promptly passed them in the standings. Just because you mentioned the wild card, uh, the Mariners at 71 and 56, a half game up on the Astros who lost today, uh, 72 and 58. Astros have lost three in a row. Blue Jays have not gained a single game on them in that time. The Blue Jays are a game and a half back of the Houston Astros for the final wild card spot. Let's go back to the phone lines one more time. Appreciate you waiting around. Ed from Queensville, Ontario here uh, to talk about another frustrating Blue Jays loss. Ed, really appreciate your patience. What, uh, what do you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about the lack of hustle that uh, you see coming out of the box uh, with respect to Jays. I mean, they assume that they're getting thrown out at first, so they casually jog down. Um, and there's no hustle. I think Vladdy was on first base. He only started gunning it once he got past second base, uh, trying to start trying to stretch it to home. If he started right out of the gate, he'd be fine. Danny Jansen again last night too. He assumed it was a double. In the last minute, he thinks, "Oh, maybe I can, I can." get a triple out of it. So, so then he starts to put the juice on. I mean, they need to do this right out of the box. Such a casual attitude uh, when they leave the box. And that's what drives me nuts. You know, they should they should assume every single is a double, every double is a triple, and every time they should be running like getting fire out of, out, out of the box. What are your thoughts on that? Thank you so much for the call, Ed. And, and there was a play actually mid-game that I wanted to talk to you about uh, that I had mentioned that it, it wasn't out of the box, okay. but I think there was an instance in this game right at the beginning where you didn't necessarily see all the hustle you want. And look, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did have a hit today and then a home run, mm-hmm. so he had a good offensive day. But first batter of this ball game, Stephen Kwan, hits a ground ball up the first baseline, and Vladdy playing behind the bag, jogs up and gloves it about half an inch foul. Never hit a full sprint. If you run at that ball, you're going to keep it fair. All right. And you're going to get him out. And look, they retired him anyway, so it didn't in- end up impacting the game. But when you're coming off some multiple error performances in the last couple of days, I think you can see how small things do impact the game. And they just got out of it there. They are not hitting enough. They are not beating teams consistently enough to make small mistakes like some of the ones Ed brought up, or I think that one today. I think that's a good point. Like In a season where winning covers up a lot of issues and winning will cure any ailment like, as they always say but um paraphrasing of course but, but uh when it comes to a team like this where you feel like errors kind of compound themselves when when you don't see hustle or you don't see guys stretching at first and, and i'm not trying to put it all on flatty for example no, there are other guys the, doing other stuff. guys yeah, yeah like the jano thing that that ed mentioned from yesterday i think was another good example of that but it does it does make it so much more grating to watch because you you, you see you see them not do it so often and then they do it and it immediately results in some kind of negative result even if it's not an actual error on the box score it results in some kind of negative outcome and Vladdy getting thrown out in the bottom of the fourth inning for example actually you know what I actually don't blame Vladdy too too much on that he was sent by Rivera and I don't know, even if I did felt, felt feel it was in somewhat of an iffy send, it also was a perfect turn and grab on the hop off the wall, barehanded by Stephen Kwan, and then a, the relay, laser beam to the plate. Uh, you know, Vladdy was out by maybe a handful of inches. Maybe if he did hustle a teensy bit more out of the box, maybe that wouldn't have been the case. But part of me legitimately wonders if R- Rivera is like, well, two outs, the Jays have gotten one of their two allotted hits an inning. 
We got to send Vladdy. There's no more chance. Uh, no more chances for the Blue Jays' offense after this. He's going one way or another. He's going. Otherwise, we're cooked. I kind of, I genuinely wonder if, like, to a certain extent, Rivera's like they've been really struggling. He's got to get on his horse here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it could certainly play into it. It's like how many opportunities are you going to get, frankly, to get this going? So it, it's it's tough for the Blue Jays. They hope to bounce back tomorrow. They have a game coming up. Uh, against the Cleveland Guardians at 3.07, and Jay's talk will follow once again. It's Hyunjin Ryu against Logan Allen, a, a veteran lefty against a young lefty, and uh, it will be very interesting to watch. So. I'm very, looking, very much looking forward to seeing uh, Ryu pitch again. Blue Jays fall in this series opener, 5-2 to the Cleveland Guardians. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special summer offer on rust protection, visit crown.com today. Thanks so much to Armin Zargarian and Connor Lamont behind the scenes. He's Show Ali. I'm Ben Shulman, and we'll see you tomorrow.